Uh, we're rolling. Great. Beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Girth. Yo, welcome, Tyler McCartney. Uh, uh, sorry, McIntyre. McIntyre. Sorry, sorry. That so fire. That's amazing. No, McIntyre. I misread it. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> I can't read. Dyslexia. That's, uh, I mean, McCartney sounds a lot better. Okay. Do you want to just change it then? Yeah. I mean, I think this that makes it official. Okay. Uh, so welcome, Tyler, to my summer layer, and welcome back to Toronto After Dark. Uh, this is your second round? Yeah, yeah. We had a movie here a couple years ago called Patchwork, uh, which was lucky enough to play the closing night with uh, the amazing Deathgasm. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out. And uh, Patchwork is available on Netflix. Nice. And this time, though, you come with Tragedy Girls. Uh, rather than, I know you've been doing some interviews and things like that. So rather than asking you the basic boring question of like, what's the premise of the movie? You've already got some reviews. You did some Q&As already. Uh, what are some of the consistent references that people are using to kind of describe the film and to kind of share that and talk about the film? Um, yeah, people are using uh, a, a lot of things like they're, they're kind of comparing it a lot to like Heathers and Scream and Clueless and things like that. And we definitely like uh, lean pretty hard into the high school um, horror uh, movement of, of the 90s, which I kind of grew up with and, and really love and have a lot of um, respect for. But uh, I mean, for me, like a lot of the more appropriate uh, things are like um, like Three O'Clock High and uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, I know Three O'Clock High is not a horror movie, uh, but uh, you know, uh, so those have been kind of more my my personal references. Ginger Snaps makes sense. It's the girls and it's the kind of horror element. Yeah, definitely like that friendship at the heart of the movie. It's surreal. What I find fascinating in the film, the high school scenes are just as gr- gruesome as the, the killing and the murder scenes, in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, even maybe more uh, vicious in a lot of ways. Yes. And you also got in some Final Destination kind of reference in there, too. So Yeah, yeah big Final Destination fan. I, yeah. you know, I think that came off. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a kind of high school feeling horror movie as well. Yeah. High high five for the Final Destination. High five for Final Destination. Yeah. <laughs> Does having a childhood pre-internet and pre-social media, because that's such a theme in this movie, does having that pre-internet childhood, does that give you a different kind of insight or the approach to making this movie? A little bit. I mean, to be honest, like I'm kind of, uh, I mean, if you literally look up the definition of millennials, like I'm at the oldest extension of that, you know? So like, I think it kind of gives us a bit of a unique perspective because we grew up kind of as these things were happening, but like our older siblings were like, generation x you know i'm gen x yeah to- totally and so like there's something to that and i think we solve problems differently and i think that uh like millennials and, and generation x have more differences than people think they do and uh and i think you know it's just a different way of kind of processing the world so like and, and i would say that personally i actually fall more on the millennial side of things so it wasn't too too tough for me to kind of get my mind in that like like i remember when i was growing up there was uh you know when you're discovering horror movies specifically and there's a lot of status that comes with you know developing that taste and it's like the first time you see you know something like cannibal holocaust or torso or like mm-hmm. you know something that's like a little hard to find or like off the beaten path you know there, there's a pride to like well i hunted this down and i got to see it and i've seen it and you haven't and therefore i'm better than you you know like or any of the same for music it's like i found an obscure cover of this that was recorded here and it's i got a bootleg from this guy in a comic yeah. shop you know like there's a lot of that stuff going on like in the 80s and 90s especially if you can find it on vhs yeah exactly like there's and there's like people who kind of i think over fetishize that element of it personally and uh so uh whereas like the millennial mindset is a little bit more like if i find something awesome i want to share it with as many people as possible 
Yeah, and Sadie has a line too, right? Where she says, sometimes I feel like nothing I do matters, like I'm not special. Yeah. And that sometimes kind of feeds a little bit. It's like you almost need that validation, like I exist, I'm over here. Totally. And, and with yeah, social and, media. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of pride like in, in the Generation X, uh, you know, kind of uh, mentality that's like, well, you were not special, but fuck you, world. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm going to live this minimum wage job and I'm going to have fun on my own terms. And, you know, like that real like, you know, clerks style like idea. Uh, and there's like a pride in that that I think also turns into anger, like, you know, like in Fight Club or, or whatever, you know. <laughs> and, and so I thought movies back then kind of reflected that a lot of ways. But uh, millennials, I also think, you know, definitely have this like sense of like they want to because, because uh, you know, movies tell them they, they, they're they supposed to be special. And I think uh, Sadie in our movie really ingests that in kind of a, you know, like a way I don't think is abnormal, but she, uh, the way that she deals with it is, is, uh, very, uh, very messed up. Yeah. I mean, you referenced Fight Club and that was one of the lines in Fight Club, right? It's like, there's a Brad Pitt line where like, we know we're not going to be millionaires and rock stars. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you're, you're not a unique snowflake or whatever the hell, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I, and I think that was, think indicative of this kind of underlying anger that just kind of got lost, you know, post nine 11 and like <laughs> patriotism. Yeah. And we just kind of forgot about it. And now it's like, you just like pave over the street. Basically. Yeah. Now we just assumed we assumed everybody wasn't, wasn't angry because we had, you know, other problems or we're telling ourselves we had other problems. And, and now, uh, you know, I think there's something still fucked up about culture that we haven't de- dealt with. And now it's like full on cancer, you know? Yeah. You put your lifestyle on display, right? With social media. And I mean, this is kind of feeding back into the movie, which is like, I have friends who have kids and they only put like the cute Halloween photo when they're the little pumpkin or something like that. Nobody ever puts the photo up or a video or when the kid's puking at three in the morning and everybody's up and they have a big meeting the next day. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We definitely uh, present a version of ourselves out there. That's not truth, you know? And, and I think there's something interesting about that. Cause like, I think the medium itself and the expectation that comes with the medium itself has a way of dis- dissociating ourselves from like actual, like what the world's like, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and there's, that's a whole culture is like, Oh, well, look at their Instagram. Their life looks, so fucking fun and yeah and and you i think internalize that stuff and i think it's actually quite negative when it's intended to be inspiring is the moral of tragedy girls that outsiders can become influencers or that influencers are outsiders uh to be honest i haven't really thought about it in terms of that in, in those terms um um i would say that they're um people definitely people who kind of beat their own drum so like they are outsiders like i think uh even though they're on like the cheer squad which i think everyone seems to like in a lot of reviews people are like well they're popular girls and it's like i, I mean i guess but they only seem to have like themselves as friends you know but the people are also defining them as popular they never saw themselves as popular and that's kind of yeah I, I like to be honest i don't think they i think care very little about the immediate like the people in their school thinking anything particular about them yeah that's what i mean um, yeah, yeah they so, were after bigger fish to fry yeah definitely like they they're more encouraged or they're more interested in like impressing the world and mm-hmm. changing things and doing something that they feel would be like legend worthy and that is inherently beyond the school itself you know yeah i mean the, that's the challenge i think with any like filmmakers writers anybody who's in the creative field is you can you can be popular or you can be relevant it's hard to be both. Sometimes there are certain films, certain books, certain things that are kind of both, and they just kind of hit it at that right mark, the zeitgeist and whatever. But other times, you just kind of opt for popularity. There's something like Britney Spears or something like that. She's never going to be quote unquote relevant, She's, but she will be continue to be popular. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, like, I mean, n- nothing against Miss Spears, but, uh, yeah. but, but, yeah, I mean, I, and I think genre is interesting in that you can kind of have socially relevant conversations and you can say things and, and have commentary. Um, but it's, it's in a high concept wrapper or something that kind of 
and that's what I really like about it is it gives you that flexibility. Like I can make a movie that's poppy and about teen girls, but you can like throw in other things that are being discussed metaphorically. And that's um, okay. You know, and, and as long as you, you know, have a body drop every 10 pages, then <laughs> they kind of leave you alone. And that's, you know, and, and to get that freedom as an artist is I think tough. And I think it would be a lot harder. And I think I'd be a lot worse at like if I was doing, you know, like drama with a capital D where it was like very personal and trying to attack these things head on, I think would also, you know, like the movie would end up being a lot less entertaining and would go down like shitty tasting medicine. And, you know, no one would really care. Although that's a great title for a movie, shitty tasting medicine. Yeah. Well, I'll keep that in the back pocket. That's, okay. that's trademark. You can have that one for free since it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to pick up on the, cause the theme of, with the social media stuff, the girls had really unique masks. What was the process in creating the masks? Because you're a horror guy, so you know there's a little bit of a pressure to present something new and visual, I guess, isn't there? Yeah, there's a little uh, little pressure. Um, I, and we definitely talked about like how, um, like what are the iconic masks, and we and we were trying to like think of well, there's there's awesome ones, and, and often the best of the bunch is probably the, the simplicity of the hockey mask. Uh, but it's also you know there's things kind of sub of that you know such as um, you know like the strangers and even things that are more recent like Hush like had just a great horror mask um and so we we knew we wanted to do something that kind of had like that slasher mask vibe but at the same time like our characters are quite energetic and they're 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 kind of they're coming at it from a different angle which is the neon yeah exactly and and so so like that we ended up with these kind of neutral uh masks um you know they have a bit of like a a hipster flair you know like flavor to them (laughs) like that that like blank stare um but at the same time there's something very outlandish about going with flat out neon colors and then you know kind of these emoji looking uh elements to to their eyes are kind of cartoonish things that are black and then we pair that with a prom dress like there's nothing functional about these things in terms of being uh you know like stealthy uh (laughs) but they're they definitely fit the personalities of the girls and so we we did we had a process where essentially i made um i just went on hollywood boulevard and bought some uh uh, neutral masks like you know off the shelf at the costume shop and then i i got got some neon paint from our for some painted home depot and uh you know they only make four colors so i i picked a couple three and then and then ended up uh you know like spray painting the masks and then doing like a real makeshift version of it and i brought it to the camera test pavel uh pogazelski who's my brilliant cinematographer um you know came up with a great way of lighting them so they just like you know re- are really stark and then once we saw those characters kind of like walking around and, and tilting their head and doing uh, these things where it was like, Oh, this is going to work. Yeah. And, uh, and that became very much like our, our main flagship image for, for them, for the movie. And then, um, uh, our, uh, costume designer, uh, Dakota worked with, um, our, our prop master, uh, Ben Brecher and, and they, you know, kind of perfected it and, and got the look down to be, uh, you know, what it is in the movie. Yeah, it's kind of like the classic, uh, the William Shatner mask from Halloween, kind of taking something in and kind of incorporating and changing it up a little bit. To yeah, definitely, we wanted it to have a more feminine feel, and there's not a ton of iconic feminine fla- uh, slasher characters. That's true, and I think the girls kind of inhabited the mask a little bit more too. They kind of changed a little bit, like they're already kind of having fun, but once the mask kind of came out, it gave them another level of fun, and then it kind of feeds into the social media, the anonymity we were talking about. We're like. You know what I mean? You want to be on display and you want to like make, make a splash. Yeah, yeah. I know they want to be noticed 100%. You have a background as an editor. How does that affect the decisions that you're making on the set? Because horror and comedy both, they hinge on good editing and the beats and things like that, the tone, all that kind of stuff. How did that kind of affect the decisions you were making on set? Uh, well, yeah, as an editor, that really helps you. I mean, my line producer, Tracy, actually, had a, she's like, it's sort of like you can walk on water. And I think that's definitely an overstatement. But the idea of like you plan things out, like filmmakers, I feel kind of fall into like this sort of 
they're either really organized or really disorganized. Like there's the people who, you know, have that Alfred Hitchcock, like they plan every shot and then just kind of execute it on the day as close as they can, or that Howard Hawks, like we're going to make it up. Um, and you know, and so I definitely am more on the Hitchcock side of things, um, where like I tend to plan things, but I still want to, since I do a lot of comedy, I want to leave an opportunity for spontaneity. Improv. Yeah, definitely a little improv. And, um, and I find, um, when I, you give yourself that latitude to gather that stuff on the day and then you fit it into a plan that's pretty specific then it allows you to control the tone um and so uh like with our first movie which patrick which was a horror comedy uh, as well people were very worried about um what the what the tone was gonna be like is it too gonna be too silly is it gonna be too campy is it gonna be too whatever dark you know bloody whatever you know at certain moments and so you just if you're aware of that as an editor you can really shape it moment to moment i cut my first movie myself and, and so was able to kind of like you know ride that wave and and figure out um where exactly it was like control it more, but so it didn't get too kitschy. Uh, with Tragedy Girls, you know, working with with Martin Pensa, who's a brilliant editor, I was able to kind of create a similar uh, sort of a dynamic where where I on set I was gathering enough material that we had a little bit of flexibility, um, and you know, using like Alex Ship to kind of uh, um, you know often to kind of you know add things that, that were a little bit more lighter, a little bit more out there, and then only using what works editorially. So you can kind of create, you know, that, that horror comedy tone that I, I think is, is a little tough to pull off. But, but if you just approach it, you know, logically, I think, I think you can, um, uh, it's not as difficult as people think it is. Magic. Yeah. Magic. A hundred percent. And I mean, since you're a big horror nerd, uh, horror nerd, horror geek, which would you prefer the fan horror, horror fan? fan? Okay. We'll go with the horror fan. One of the classic horror traditions is the sequel. Is there a possibility of tragedy girls two or something like that? It's kind of like 22 jump street to go to college or anything like that, or. Uh, yeah, we, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, we've also talked about maybe doing a TV series. And so, uh, I mean, obviously nothing I can speak about now. And I'm actually not in a position where I like control the, you know, fate of the franchise or anything. Um, but I'm definitely, you know, uh, I know the girls are, are, are interested in it and I'm interested in it. So hopefully, um, if the, if the movie goes out, it just came out today. So if the movie goes over well. Um, you know, we will have those discussions in the future. All right. And where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TMAC film. Uh, so yeah, please add me and I'm the, most accessible person in the world so right. uh, please reach out and tragedy girls now of course is in cinemas and it's making its way it's also on a number of festivals still right it's kind of working uh, yeah we're, we're winding down with the festivals i mean uh Toronto after dark's kind of my near near the end but I'm, I'm going to dublin and uh and chicago after this but uh but yeah we're definitely on the tail end of it but it's um um you'll be able to find it uh theatrically uh on 10 20 or 10 20 and uh in new york and los angeles and 10 27 a lot of other screens throughout the united states and then now we're working on a, a theatrical release plan for canada as well nice i just want to pick up you mentioned dublin does does how people view horror change? Because we tend to always watch it just or, through a North American kind of lens. And once you kind of go overseas and stuff, do the audiences kind of react to different things or connect with different things? Or oh uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. Like I like I like you know I've seen my movie in in Brazil. You know I've seen it for like that Portuguese audience. I've seen it for Mac Macabro for you know Mexican and you know, Sitges. You know uh, Germany, UK. A lot of the festivals have really great, you know, like programmers and they and off, off, often have um, amazing uh, communities they built. So, um, I actually find more consistency than, than differences. Um, but like, you know, for instance, like the stuff that's like kind of the drier humor will play, you know, better in Germany, you know, but then some <laughs> of the broader stuff will play, you know, amazingly in, in Mexico. And it's, it's interesting to kind of, you know, see those kind of moment to moment, but, uh, the stuff, there's stuff that hits that always hits. And, and I like this movie because it's, um, you know, there's enough laughs and jumps in it that uh, you can really tell if it's working. Cool. Thank you, Tyler, for taking some uh, time to hang out and have some coke and talk about horror. And <laughs> Thanks so much, man. <laughs> Thank you.